listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Black Box After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Black Box After Show. All right. Welcome to the After Show for ABC's Black Box Episode 6, Forget Me. I'm Mindy Thomas. Thanks for being here tonight. And I would love for my lovely co-host to introduce herself, please. Hello, Black Boxers. It's Teresa. All right. for joining us tonight. We've got a great show ahead. But first, let me encourage you to go out and buy this book. Maria Menounos, the CEO of AfterBuzz TV, has come out with The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness. And I want to get mine autographed, actually. Because, Me too. Yeah. She's, she's definitely got an amazing story of losing 40 pounds. She's in incredible shape. A total inspiration. So I can't wait to look at these recipes a little closer and, of course, hear her advice. So yeah. I can't wait to get this. And one thing to note, it's not just for girls. Anyone that's looking for fitness and diet tips, check it out. Exactly. Well, we uh, also would like to throw it to Teresa because I want to just first get your feeling of Black Box tonight. Tonight, um, you know, we learn a lot about the characters past in tonight's episodes and how it affects their present lives. Um, We're seeing the layers of the onion peeled back and we're learning more about Will, Catherine, and her relationship with her brother, Josh. Um, the patient of the week stories are really fascinating per usual. It's bringing awareness to really uncommon uh, diseases that I, mean, I definitely don't know about. So I thought that was really cool. That is really cool. And I want to first also encourage people to go to iTunes where you can, of course, listen to our show, rate, review, and subscribe and connect with us. We'll give you our Twitter addresses here at the end of the show. So stick around for that. Give us five stars. We love them. Five stars is, yeah. Five-star restaurant, five-star show. It all goes together. Also, shout-out to our co-host, Jade, who couldn't be here tonight. She's not feeling well. so Yes, Jade, our heart is with you, and we better get to watch that show. I know you did. I know you (laughs) did, girlfriend. We're going to hear your thoughts next week. Okay, so hopping right into the overall night tonight was all about daddy. Yes, daddy issues. Yes, because the show opened with... Uh, Kelly Riley's character, Dr. Black, who is a neuroscientist, just if you're just now watching the show, and she suffers with a mental illness secretly, because if they find out at the Cube, she's going to be nixed from her amazing, amazing career. So she's in the cab, and she is listening uh, to this song, and it's sort of taking her back to a very intense time Mm -hmm. as a young girl. And the song uh, is by the great jazz pianist in Black Box, uh, Hunter Black. And the song was After You're Gone. And that just goes into uh, the overall theme. Um, there's there's some lyrics there that say, your heart will break like mine. And it's, it's her daddy's song, actually, on the radio. Mm-hmm. And so he was this musician uh, back in the day when she was growing up. Right. Really famous in Europe because jazz is big there. 
Exactly. And Catherine asked the cab driver if she if he would please turn off the song. It just became too much. And so this was sort of weaved throughout the night mm-hmm. uh, as, as one of the, the themes in the tapestry about uh, where was daddy? And, mm-hmm. and I really uh, was, was quite emotional because uh, during her childhood, just after her mother had committed suicide mm-hmm. uh, and, and the brokenness there of that and the intensity of that, and then also uh, they're, they're trying to come up with the solution of where, where is she and her brother going to be? And the dad says, look, i got to make a living. And what was fascinating to me about that storyline is the way that the brother Joshua is going to remember his childhood and the way that Dr. Catherine Black, Joshua right. calls her Kate, you know, remembers her childhood. So They have two completely different interpretations. Which creates a lot of conflict in their relationship. Right. And um, Catherine remembers him at the funeral, just, you know, being overwhelmed with the circumstances and just unable to face the the reality of the situation. You know, the mother's gone and he has two little kids that he's supposed to raise on his own. He needs to get back on the road because he wants to make sure that the kids have enough money to survive. And, you know, he we see him jump in the car just right at the funeral, leaving you know, Catherine and Josh alone with, uh, Aunt Sissy. And, um, that's how Catherine sees it, you know? Right. And then later on in the show, then Joshua's memory, uh, remembers that daddy was trying to work out some of the bills and the aunt Sissy was encouraging him, well, you need to make a clean break. And so that was part of his motivation for leaving. And would this make a difference for her now after all this time? Because, Catherine had alluded that, uh, or said that he hasn't been around for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And even before that, it was holidays, maybe Christmas here. But it had been a good 10 years, and he uh, recently wanted to get in touch because of Esme. And so he wrote this really moving letter to Josh, which was what triggered, you know, the reunion and so forth. Right, exactly. And so... So that's that's the thing. Daddy comes back in the picture. Uh, when she sees him for the first time, it's at the cube, okay? And, she, I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. She's got her life. He's not really a part of it. He's coming into her present, and she's, she's sort of sorting this out a little bit later on with Will. Right. Because he's asking her more questions, and she's shooting it straight. I yeah. mean, I was, I was pretty impressed because she's had some problems with emotional dishonesty, mm-hmm. and yet she's pretty forthcoming with, hey, this is, this is, he hasn't been around, and right. now he's showing back up. He wasn't a part of my past. Now he wants to be a part of my future. She's, she said something that really resonated with me. She said, I'm really angry for that little girl. So she's held that resentment since that day he left them at the funeral, their mother's funeral, and she's held on to that anger. She was extremely hurt, and a wounding like that of a parent committing suicide is just, uh, you know, off the charts devastating, I imagine. And so she's trying to work through some of this with her psychiatrist, right. uh, who is played by Vanessa Redgrave, mm-hmm. and it was so good to see her back in the show tonight and making these powerful uh, statements or questions even, like, well, what are you going to do about your anger? Mm -hmm. Which anger uh, could be like fear, 
you know, it can be it can be different things manifesting, right? And so she's kind of helping her uh, address her feelings and say, okay, well, well, how are you going to deal with it now that you're an adult? Sort of, what is the adult going to speak to the mm-hmm. child in a way? And Catherine says, you know, every time I think about him, I feel pain. And so Vanessa Redgrave's character says, you know, if if you feel pain, then maybe it's better to leave the past behind and live forward. And so that makes Catherine think about what she should do because you can tell that she's conflicted. You know, her brother wants her to, you know, just embrace it and understand that the father did it for a very good reason, but she's not able to get to that point yet. And so, as you mentioned, Vanessa Redgrave's character says, well, you need to to figure it out because if you aren't able to forgive him, what are you going to do with that anger? Which is a great question. That is an excellent question. And it remains to be seen because um, it seems like she just, you know, is still operating out of so much hurt because we we really found out that what happened was she was orphaned as a young person. Her mother committing suicide and then her daddy leaving um and and there was an awful by the way you know and 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 my thought is this there was an abandonment of some kind because he was chiming in chiming out there it wasn't like there was a consistent relationship like he wrote her letters every week Mm -hmm. uh you know this sort of thing so at some point she's going to have to come to that reality of, of sort of being orphaned and at least at least the aunt there was some sort of blood relative that could that really wanted to step up she wanted the children to stay in this uh sort of comfortable surroundings and not just uproot them into some chaotic musician's lifestyle sure so and that's what the mother wanted as well uh, but i mean i i feel for catherine you know like i don't think i'd be able to forgive him right away you know yes he had to do what he did because they needed to survive, but I think he could have handled it better. He didn't have to have such a long break. He could have made an effort to come and reconcile that relationship. And certainly being a musician is a noble uh, way to earn a living. However, he was showing that they had some serious bills to pay. A lot of the money and finances had gone to medical expenses throughout the mother's illness. Um, Yeah. 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 And also uh, Catherine's education growing up, he contributed to that too. Oh, okay. So, so he he did. He helped provide right. for her education. That was one of Josh's points. Oh, in getting her to see his point of view. Okay, so he was, but still throwing money at something is not actually right. being doesn't substitute for actually being a father figure, right? And being there for her. But he was trying to be there on some level. So, so you know, and I can see the little boy and Josh, if you will, and yeah. his character. Mm-hmm. Um, coming out because he's he's still wanting sort of this big happy family feeling and uh, that's that's kind of interesting um showing how different siblings will deal with the same trauma in different ways and will have a different outcome as a result um, I feel like that really bonds her and her brother together to going through that experience together you can see just how close they are now and how you know one of her most important relationships in the show is with her brother. Right. They do play that very well. There does seem to be uh, a, a real bonding that's expressed there. And, uh, you know, when she is a small girl, she cries out, Daddy! You know, she doesn't want him to leave. She's yeah. desperate for him. She's wanting to attach to him because she doesn't have Mommy anymore. And so, uh, you know, it, there was a lot of reflection when... Uh, 
Dr. Catherine Black's character, Kate and Joshua, they get together at the dinner table. Reagan prepares a meal. Will comes over, and they're all kind of doing the shindig and sort of, um, you know, talking about meeting the father. Mm -hmm. And that was before he had showed up. Um, But then, then... she she she's conflicted because she doesn't know if she wants to go to the concert at she's been invited to sort of a solo concert that's coming up that Friday mm-hmm. and and Esme was the one that asked right Esme doesn't know the whole backstory I don't believe all the details so she's eager to meet her grandfather and start a relationship with him um, understandably but I don't think she quite understands where Catherine's coming from. Right. And what was it about Esme, just really quickly, where she leaves with her friend later on? Um, where were they headed? Um, Do you recall? Um, it was like they were, anyway, she's, it, it's kind of indicating that she's sort of maybe still get, wanting to get into some trouble. Like, yeah. that's sort of how she's dealing she's with got, her stuff. Even though she played a beautiful piano song at the dinner, you know, they were, um, having a dinner with Reagan and then and then she played some tunes on the piano and so they're trying to kind of create She's got this a rebellious rebellious streak to her possibly. Exactly. I mean, we saw that last week with her being caught smoking weed with that cute boy from school. So, I mean, we may see more of that manifest later on in the season. Right. And she's got this amazing gifting uh playing the piano and then of course um Esme Black is played by Siobhan Williams, mm-hmm. and I love her name. I mean, yeah. I mean that's like one so of the coolest names ever. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so through one the thing, no- I actually sorry yeah. to interrupt. One thing I would love to hear from the fans is, you know, where do they side? Do they see it from Catherine's point of view, or did they relate more to Josh's point of view? So tweet. Tweet at oh, us yeah, yeah. and let us know what you think or, or leave a comment um, in YouTube or in iTunes. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't have our Twitter addresses, then after um, the news and the predictions, we will give you our Twitter addresses so you can stay connected. And and then we can uh, hopefully read your comments. You can you can tweet us even during the show when you're watching. Yep. So that's, uh, that's some fun stuff there. And I'm going to tell you later on the show also what I have in common with Kelly Riley. Ooh, yeah. I can't wait to hear. I'm very excited about that. Uh, so she is an amazing actress. I loved watching her tonight. And then also when she is working, uh, with this patient, mm-hmm. Captain Moran. Yes. Uh, she is trying to discover, of course, post-traumatic stress disorder is the first place that the soldier knows that they're going to try and explore that. And he had thrown it to the walls at one point, but she's, you know, she's really trying to create a comfort level. And he went through some pretty, you know, horrific. Uh, yeah, he lost his arm trying to save his friend from a burning tent, and you got a purple heart for that. But as a result, uh, he is feeling phantom limb pain in his right arm. Yes, he had also saved five other buddies. Apparently. Right, right. So he definitely earned uh, the purple heart, so to speak. And it's really heartbreaking the scene with him, you know, coming to Catherine for the first time, and he's crying. He's saying, you know, this is really affecting his marriage. Um, he isn't able to sleep through the night, and I, I really felt for him. I yeah, mean, this, I just she, thought about, you know, other victims, um, you know, that fought for our country having to go through situations like that. Yeah, that that his wife didn't sign up for this. That this is not the kind of man that that she wanted to be married to with someone that was suffering because he was in such intense pain. It was almost like in that one place of where he lost his limb, it was like all of the trauma or 
devastation was going into that focal point. So then when they did discover a way, Dr. Catherine Black later found that way to uh, put his arm inside of a a box with a mirror on it and then reflected um, this image. So so it tricked his brain to make him think he's got another limb. And so then the ghost pains began to go away. And she said the pain will eventually start leaving more and more the more you do this. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. That was a really cool, cool way to combat that problem and lo and behold the knight in shining armor of course shows up a little bit later with uh yeah but and she with his fancy solution (laughs) yeah because he thought it was ancient basically Mm -hmm. having the mirror in the box technique and it definitely stimulated some some healing effects but what he came up with was some more advanced technology virtual reality goggles yeah and so it, I was, I was thinking, oh no, is he going to punch Dr. Beckman? You know, he's going to feel so much like amazing strength in his mind or something. That would have been funny. But yeah, he totally was trying to show up for Dr. Catherine Black. And, and she's like, well, I'm glad that I shamed you into this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like proud of herself. Well, that her. was also, uh, when she learned what he did for Leo. We'll get into that later too. So he's trying to, you know, toot his horn and, and and you know get her attention right um, and it's it's fun to watch right and with the ghost pains uh this is a very real thing that can happen uh, with the soldier that uh did lose his limb and then the the way that the brain deals with things is just so fascinating there's going to be different coping mechanisms that can come up and and different things have to be explored and that soldier was not real open. I mean, he was throwing some walls up when there was sort of the one-on-one going on in mm. terms of exploring more like what's alternative ways to Right, because it was great that it. he was eliminating the the, the pains um in that way, but but then there was also some other uh, resolution that they felt needed to take place. Mm-hmm. Um so there was sort of a boardroom analysis um, that was going on with uh, Dr. Bickman, Dr. Black, and uh, one of the other doctors. And she was, uh, you know, so throwing out. I love, I love to watch them work together like yeah. that because they're all coming up with these different things. Okay, tried that, tried that, got that, and and yet they know that the next thing could be the thing that could uh, help him more long term. What I love. <laughs> is how Bickman and Catherine complement each other so well. You know, we saw in this episode, Catherine come up with the, you know, solution with the wood apparatus. And then, and then, um, Bickman coming into it and adding on to it and bringing it to a whole other level. You know, we've seen it before with the two of them and it just really proves that they are, you know, very similar to each other and they play off each other well. They have that intense chemistry in the workplace and outside of the workplace as we've seen. So I I love watching that. Well, and (laughs) they definitely had the elevator moment. Yes. (laughs) Which was very hot. He had to put a stop to that old elevator, loving in an elevator or something. What a confident man, huh? Well, and he just was like, hey, he didn't care that she had a fiancé because he's a cook. He kind of put, yeah. <laughs> he kind of put him down. Dating that a was, <laughs> yeah. So he totally um, had to share his inner feelings with her because the silence was uh, sort of deafening to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets into the elevator with her, pulls the stop button, and they have this time alone. And he he says, you know, I, I think about our moment every day. 
and he's referencing to the time when they actually had sex. And he's like, you know, I know you feel it too. You know, why, you know, why deny it basically? And she says she just, she just refuses him and she moves on quickly. From well, that. I was amazed because like you had said last week in your prediction, you wanted to see a more vulnerable moment. Did you feel that that was more vulnerable? Yeah. Of him to yeah. Really he was actually very vulnerable this episode, you know, you know, his reaction when she puts him down and how he, he, I feel like she said that I shamed you into this, but he was actually getting points too, because we see this softer side of him. He really goes out of his way to make things right with Leo. And he goes all out with Captain Moran with the device that he created. So Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of that is to help the patients, but part of that is also to um, please, Catherine. Right, and and also, um, just going back to Captain Moran, I have to I have to dive into this again because because of the repressed memories, I felt there was some parallels between like Dr. Catherine Black and her repressed memories, and then also the soldier. Yes, and so she's trying to sort of show up for the patient, but at the same time, she's being triggered by her own repressed memories with Daddy coming back into the picture, and. You know, she looked at the soldier and she said, you have to interrupt the, uh, you know, pain pathways to the brain. Mm-hmm. And so she's saying strong things that are in direct conjunction with what with she's what dealing she's with. dealing with, which I think was a great device that the show put together. Yeah, that was really beautifully told. Um, and, you know, and again, he protests. He does not want to be labeled uh, with the PTSD. And so, yeah, so that was just... Uh, a really interesting. I mean, because the truth is, uh, the Dr. Catherine Black has some some war wounds from life. Mm-hmm. And, she does. Yeah, and she has a lot of secrets that she's kept from the workplace, and so she's dealing with very very strong emotions right now. So it's a lot on her. Right and now. The, the psychiatrist says we delved into it endlessly, bringing up this um, child that had been molested. And, and so she said, that's how we used to deal with these sort of things. And I was quite shocked, like you said, when she said, okay, are you going to put the past in the past? That's not a typical thing no. that you're going to think that a psychiatrist is actually going to say. And, and in essence, she was saying, you know, the brain can do things to sort of protect itself from too much. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there is a time where you just like, let sleeping dogs lie, if you will. Sure. Yeah. So that was that was kind of reeling it in. Kind she of threw some, the question out there. So I mean, I think we're going to find out in this, the episodes to come. You know how Catherine's going to go about it. Yeah, I like the locker room chat. Like, you know, I'll just let's move forward. I mean, that was pretty good. But uh, what if uh, my memories are false? Says Dr. Catherine Black. That was that was really the thing. Was like, okay, she's remembering things, and what if she's what if she is not remembering them the right way? Mm-hmm. Um, and then then the psychiatrist says, well, your pain was still real, well, right? Think, so uh, her pain is real again, like the soldier's pain was very real, and you can't. It's difficult to uh, to measure that, right? So maybe it is about you leaving it behind because the pain is real and that's the one thing you can rely on because memory isn't so crystal clear. Ah, very good, very good. Okay, so I think that uh, moving on, we've got to talk about Leo because Leo had brain surgery and... Not he, too long ago, it was just uh, was it three weeks just ago? within days within because days. Okay. yeah, um, they're saying I think it was the eighth day of recovery um, from his brain surgery, and he's the intern at the Cube, and he was the one that had this impeccable like just could remember all Paper these crazy memory. yeah 
crazy details about like what he was eating when he was a child, when he was watching TV or something. And so it all just kind of interconnected. But um, what's happened right now is that he just really doesn't have a memory that he can rely on. So it's really getting him down because that was one of his strengths. I mean, he really pulled that out and kind of liked to shine with that right. certain quality. And, and he's getting a lot of pressure from his parents who want him to excel. And, you know, he feels this pressure to be that, you know, person for his parents. So there's a lot on his mind. And then the intern uh, that is also his friend is showing some. Allie. Yeah, she's, she's showing some uh, concern there, um, you know, saying, okay, well. Um, what are, you know, what, uh, she knows that he's worried about not being able to remember. And anyway, uh, Dr. Bigman is overseeing his progress and Leo gets upset. He's like, what is this? A spot quiz. And he mm-hmm. doesn't like the fact that Dr. Bigman is just calling, calling it like he sees it as usual. <laughs> right. He, he says that Leo needs a baseline memory test and he, write something down and Leo asked him, you know, what are you writing down? He said, I wrote argumentative. <laughs> so it stresses Leo out. Um, and I Bigman, totally had to do that memory test too. I was doing oh, it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about, what about you black boxers? Did you guys take the memory test and yeah. how well did you do? Yeah, exactly. If you're, if you're normal, that I, I was actually normal. That surprised me. Yeah. <laughs> he said, if you remember five uh, out of the 10, I believe, mm-hmm. yeah, then you're normal. You're normal. So tell us how, how many you remembered. Um, yeah, so, you know, Bickman and Leo, they're having this conversation, and Bickman's just really just laying it on, on hard. It's, it's sort of unsen- insensitive to Leo, you know? He's just had this brain surgery, and he's in this fragile condition, but, and Bickman's his hero, basically. And, you know, he, I just don't think that he should have handled it that way. Well, Dr. Catherine Black, yeah, she totally chimes in. This is, you know, and stands up for Leo. She says, you know, basically, what are you doing here? She says, if you fix his head and break his heart, you're a lousy man. Yeah, um, and like, I think that really resonated <laughs> with Bigman. I'm like, I am so taking that line with me throughout <laughs> my life. <laughs> she says, you know, you need to show emotion, kindness, decency. And, you know, he didn't do all of that. And Bigman seems to get, you know, turned on when she calls him out and just, you know, lays it on him. So she, he totally loves that con- he confrontation. He does. He likes being put in his place. Yeah, and she knows who she's dealing with now because he has totally opened his heart up and said, "Okay, yeah, uh, I'm I'm wanting to get this show on the road. She's put it all out there, and you need to get rid of your fiance. Is basically get what, rid of the cook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was another case study as well that they were talking about Beatrice. And were you into yes. this tonight? Did you find that fa- interesting? Yeah. How they Very were cool. depicting what you like to see what they do uh, mm-hmm. inside of someone's mind and what they're actually thinking. And we got to see her her visual hallucinations, which were movie quality and very picturesque. Yeah, and the nurse is like, I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> so we weren't sure where this was going, and I certainly was surprised by where it ended, that's for sure. <laughs> right. So it turns out, well, originally they thought it was macular degeneration, so she's losing some of her vision, and it turns out that she has something called the Charles Binet syndrome, and that happens when your vision is deteriorating, and so your mind kind of misses imagery, and as a result, overcompensates and creates these visual hallucinations. Isn't that amazing? 
fascinating. I, I have never heard of never that. Never knew that that so was that was a, a really thing. fun case to, to to learn about. And then also it was quite relief. I, I had a lot of relief, if you will, <laughs> because you know there was nothing actually wrong with her. Because it seems like uh, so many of the people that they analyze and they diagnose uh, have to go in for something really serious. So, and Catherine called it a gift. Which was surprising to me, you know. I thought there was some kind of resolution, but yeah, you know, I thought it, when you're seeing the snow leopard, I, I, <laughs> I don't know that would but be like. I guess the key is that they know that they're, you know, hallucinating, and they know what's real and what's not. So that makes it an okay situation. Okay, so Teresa, if you could <laughs> use your imagery, uh, what would you create in your mind right now? Oh my god, anything in I particular? See a beach. In Mexico with a cocktail in my hand. Oh, my goodness. You know, a lot of people <laughs> like the beach. Any particular yeah. beach? Um, I really like Playa del Carmen in Mexico. Oh, so okay. Any of those beaches. All right. That there. sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out, <clears throat> at least on the Internet. Um Bar t- <laughs> the, okay, so the bartender with Will. I want to. I want to touch on this because, yeah, yeah his daddy issues also kind of came out. Mm-hmm. So their daddy issues, you know, neck to neck, and uh, the bartender's saying, you know, kids are too hard on their parents. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that? Yeah. I threw in that accent a I little like bit, that. kind of a southern thing. And so, <laughs> anyway, he remembers how uh, Will's dad was a good man. And he's like, yeah, but you don't remember how he just come home and beat me after drinking so much. <laughs> right. And uh, as you guys may or may not recall, Will's dad was an alcoholic. So, yeah, that's some serious stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking AA 101 right here. Mm-hmm. But that he, he did give some thanks. I guess that it was at a Thanksgiving, sort of a, yeah. some, some kind of dinner gathering. And so he he would leave the turkey for the bartender's family. Um, every Christmas because they didn't have the means to have, you know, a full dinner. And so I think one year they, the bartender realized that it was Will's father. And so bartender's telling Will, like, hey, you know, don't be so hard on your parents, like you said. Um, he he really did mean well. And Will had this, you know, that look like, oh, maybe my daddy was, you know, a good guy. And, um, you know, just kind of that, oh, he wanted – it made him feel good to hear a good story about mm-hmm. his dad. Right. So I, I like that they threw that in there. Um, it was, yeah, it was it was quite unique, especially since so much was going on with her daddy. So uh, yeah, <laughs> did they have too many daddy issues? Lots of daddy, to, uh, daddy issues. <laughs> this episode. Yeah. What, do you think this is going to interfere in their relationship? Is that kind of why they're pointing this yeah. to this tonight? Absolutely. Okay, because. Because it's kind of stacking up. And then also Will is dealing with Delilah. He was meeting. Yes. Um, was yeah. it his manager that Someone sort with? of over him in the restaurant business right. um, saying, yeah, I heard that you guys shacked up, basically. And, he's, and Will asks, who did you hear that from? And it turns out he heard it from Delilah. So she is doing what we predicted. She's stirring up trouble. She went directly to the manager and told them that they had sexual relations, which is Obviously, something she shouldn't do. Yeah, she's totally manipulating the entire situation. Right. And it is, it is getting very poisonous very quickly. And Will says, you know, I'm going to let her go. You know, she's too much. And the guy says, well, you can't now because that, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. You can't let her go unless she, she does something really bad. And he's like, your dream is going to be gone. It's going <laughs> to go up in a vapor. Adios. Oops. So I don't know if, uh, Ooh, I don't know what's going to happen because we saw in recent episode, a recent episode that she was totally psycho. 
Right. And <laughs> she was outside looking in on the engagement party. Oh, yeah. Crying. Yeah. And then cue the creepy music. Yeah. So we know that something is in the works. And Something's in the works. We're going to see that manifest soon. That's right. And... It's it's very interesting because they do they both have someone trying to move in on their relationship, whether it be Delilah or Doctor Bickman's. Uh, well, Doctor Bickman. Dr. Bickman yeah. <laughs> I was like self. I don't know. <laughs> well, <clears throat> so um, do we need to get into a little bit of news tonight? Sure, let's do some news and gossip. TV news. So I'm following Amy Holden Jones, who is the show creator of Black Box, and. She has the best tweets. So if you guys want to follow anyone related to Black Box, I recommend you following her because she's got some great behind-the-scenes tidbits. Um, I found out that tonight's episode was supposed to air last week, um, but it turns out that the special effects for Delilah took a little bit longer than they expected, which is why this episode was aired this week. So something to keep in mind. Okay, special effects for Delilah. No, uh, for, um, I'm sorry, Beatrice. 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 Oh, yes. Who was the patient that had the visual hallucinations? Because well, the imagery was so lovely and beautiful. <laughs> I totally love that. Yeah. Okay, well, that is really good to know. And I did say that I would share something that I have in common with uh, Kelly Rowling. Do tell us. Okay, well, I did star in a faith-based film also this year. Um, and so I am very excited about that. I got to be in the editing bay recently. Total, totally an amazing process. And I'm just really thrilled about it. Kevin Sorbo's in it, Jeremy London. Very cool. And just uh, a bunch of other cool cats. And Where can we watch it? So to speak. Um, so it is being, uh, it's in post-production right now. And okay. hopefully it will come out in a theater near you soon. And also uh, on DVD. Awesome. I'm going to be watching it. That's for sure. Thank you. So I'm, I'm I'm having to study Kelly Riley, you know, because it's just so brave, these actresses, the way that they, you know, process and layer. And I can't stand it. It's a complex role to play. So props to, to Kelly. Yes, absolutely. So well. Okay. And so are we ready to move then into predictions? Yes. I'll, I'll let you go first. I'm oh, still, uh, wow. okay. The wheels are still turning right now. All right. Well, I am predicting that we're going to see more dance episodes Yay. coming up because uh, Dr. Catherine Black is not done with her bipolar episodes. She's got the manic depression that she deals with. This is heavy duty. This is a real life uh, situation that takes her back to the psychiatrist. We're going to we're going to really get into more of that, I feel like, in the weeks ahead. And I'm 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 really interested to see what else that they can do because we've seen her fly off a balcony. We, I mean, not completely off, but it kind of looked like that for a minute. <laughs> I'm just reflecting that. And uh, and so you know, she's had some some pretty far out experiences, uh, sort of dangerous situations. Um, and then also, I want to see her um, maybe at another speaking engagement because she is a famous neuroscientist. I want to see her um, interacting. Uh, more on that level of of sort of excellence nationwide with her book or something of that nature. How about you, Teresa? Cool. Well, next week is episode seven, right? Am I correct or is it six? Number seven, seven. is coming up next week. So seven, I think that's about when the show does, you know, kind of just goes all out. 
you know, and there was a turning point in the show. Uh-huh. And, I mean, we saw the preview, and I'm sure, you know, some of you guys did too, and it, it sounds like there's a lot of craziness that happens next week with a blackout and having to, to complete surgery in the dark. So we're going to see that, and that's that seems really exciting to me. Um, but beyond that, I think, you know, we may see Delilah come in and actually try to ruin Will. She's already talked to the the manager guy or the higher up, and I think that she's just going to take it to another level, maybe even go into the cube and stir up trouble there directly with Catherine. Um, I think something will happen with Esme. I think she may find out some secrets. Um, you know, it's, mm. it's about time oh, she, yeah, she you're starts right. to learn who... Catherine really is and um, I think that just this episode is setting it up for that with the father uh, the grandfather coming back into the picture Ooh, that sounds really good I'm getting excited about that well let me just say that uh yeah, there, there, there's a lot going on. There's just a lot going on that I'm excited about. Of course, you never know what kind of case studies they're going to do. It's hard to, predict, mm-hmm. hard to predict what kind of case studies we're going to be seeing. But so there's no episodes for three weeks. Do I have that right? I saw that. Yeah. Okay. No episodes for three weeks. The show is returning on June 19th. So okay. So if you haven't be been watching then. the show, then this is a perfect time to get in, watch the episodes, watch the after shows, and then. Come on in in about three weeks and just get all caught up. And then, or if there's an episode you missed, go back and watch it, and and then join us for the after show. And let and, us know your predictions. We want to hear them. Yeah, yeah, we totally do. And actually, I think I would like to give our Twitter addresses. Teresa, can you yeah. tell people how to reach you? You can find me on Twitter at Teresa Law and on Instagram at Teresa Law. Uh, very good. And I'm Mindy Thomas. You can find me at Mindy Charlotte on Twitter. And I'm, I'm, I'm just loving the whole social media thing. This is really getting us connected with the fans. So, uh, we'd love for you to connect with us and, uh, let us know your thoughts, your feelings, uh, especially about tonight's episode. I want to hear from you. So stay in touch and have a great week. And we can't wait to see you again in three weeks for Black Box. Thank you, everyone. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.